Welcome to episode number five of the Builder's Diary by Clodonote. Get insights into the day-to-day -day challenges of builders. In this episode, Sami Raba from our partner Demikun shares insights into ECS Anywhere, a hybrid cloud approach for containers. Our partner Demikon is growing their cloud division and is therefore hiring a senior lead cloud solution architect AWS. Demikon is an advanced AWS consulting partner and remote first company located in Germany. Bring your expertise on infrastructure as code, continuous deployment and containers to a dedicated team and exciting projects. Check the show notes or video descriptions uh, for details and apply today. I'm very excited to introduce Samia Raba to the show. After graduating with a master's degree in machine learning, Samia started her career as a Python developer. Later, she joined Common as a full-stack developer as part of their data science team. In July 2022, Samia took her career in a new direction. She joined Demikon as a DevOps and cloud consultant. Welcome to the show, Samia. Hello, Andreas. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm very excited to share my knowledge about my experience at Demicon and also about ECS Anywhere. And yeah, looking forward to our session. Yeah, perfect. I'm very excited about that. So before we start into our topic, ECS Anywhere, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you and your career. Um, so the first question that came to my mind, so um, you transitioned from a full stack developer to a DevOps and cloud consultants. That's a little bit um, the same background that I have. I've also started as a developer and then turned into a consultant. So um, I was wondering, what was your main motivation for that career change? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so obviously, I never imagined I would go into the direction of uh, cloud consultancy. But uh, when I was working as a software developer, um, I was exposed to using uh, AWS cloud services. So either you want it or you do not, you have to deal with uh, checking logs, I don't know, um, deploying from time to time. So um, yeah, that was my baby steps into uh, the cloud area. And um, I thought that I wanted to explore it more. And yeah, that's where Demicon came into the picture and I changed path. Okay, yeah, that's okay. fun. So, so I think that's... Um That's really cool. So you actually got to know AWS and then you decided to go full into that topic. And um, basically being a consultant really helps to dive into a topic because you see new projects um, constantly exactly. and new situations and you learn a lot by doing so. Yeah, very cool. Um, congratulations on that. So, yeah, um, um, so, you, so you already mentioned that you have been uh, using AWS before. Um, so my, my next question is, so how did the onboarding experience at Demicon feel like? So how did you get into uh, your new role there? Yeah, that's also a good question. Uh, so uh, I had an experience on uh, working with uh, AWS services, but I never made it official. So because I was just doing it on the side. And when I first joined Demicon, um, I was discussing with my um, manager and then we thought, okay, maybe I should take my certificate and uh, yeah, be certified. And uh, this is the first thing I did when I uh, joined Demicon. It was part of my onboarding process. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, to pass the AWS Certificate Developer uh, Associate exam. 
And now I'm preparing also for the professional. At Demicon, um, they um, empower us into learning more and um, also taking as much as possible of certificates. Demicon is a remote first company. And personally, I never onboarded a remote company. So can you take me into that? So how did it happen? How did you meet your colleagues for the first time? How did you get to know everyone? So how does that work in a remote company? Yeah, exactly. I was a little bit skeptical before joining because I didn't imagine uh, how am I going to uh, dive into everything without um, any um, real life connection. Uh, but uh, Demicon, I think they worked hard into um, documenting processes and there is basically process for everything. And also they facilitate the onboarding phase even before joining so you can... Uh, have all your equipment before. So my first day I had everything ready. <laughs> uh, I was uh, ready to go. And uh, also part of the onboarding, they have the welcome day where you meet all the new um, the new uh, joinings. And uh, we have the buddy program where you, uh, yeah, uh, where you have the chance to have a mentor. You can talk about your experience at Demicon, what you need, what you do not need. And when it comes to the team, uh, we are trying to meet as much as possible beside working remotely. We have the work together weeks. We, uh, we do workshops on sites from time to time. So, um, I would say it's, um, it's been nice and smooth. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of thought has going into that onboarding experience for new. <laughs> Um, members of the team uh, in a remote company. So you mentioned a very structured onboarding process and remote um, meetings, but then also you get to know uh, some of your colleagues uh, in person. And and yeah, that's uh, that's a very good way to get into everything. In my experience, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, when transitioning from a developer that was working on uh, projects inside the company to being a consultant, which is by definition exposed to the clients and interacting with them, oh, yeah. uh, for me at least, it was a, um, a big challenge um, because as I think it's it's a little difficult, for, at least for me, to to earn the trust in the in the new um, project and to be self confident and stuff like that. So, how did that happen for you? How did you grow into the role of a consultant at Demicon? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Uh, it's exactly um, transitioning from uh, working only one project uh, to working with multiple customers or different projects is a little bit challenging, but it's at the same time exciting because you learn a lot in the process. Uh, every time you are exposed to a new problem, new solution, and eventually new stack of technologies and services, I'm so grateful to uh, to Rico, uh, my um, my manager, because he um, he was also always there for supporting me about what I need and for directing me into the right direction. Like uh, always, um, how you can communicate with customers, how you can establish specific requirements, not go out of the scope, and deliver exactly what the customer needs. Uh, so yeah, slowly I was um, I was able to juggle topics and yeah, get into my role. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> okay, so you were not completely thrown into cold water, but you had support from your manager and your colleagues. Started with like, smaller projects and then grew step by step. Exactly. So it's not like you are all on your own. So we have these meetings where we align with the customer, the requirement, what they expect from us, and then always we have to. Uh, we have our internal meetings where we can discuss solution, what's best for the customer, how we are going to implement it, who is going to do what. And uh, obviously during these meetings, we discuss what I need from uh, which areas I need support and how I can um, 
deliver the product uh, to the customer with a high quality. Thanks a lot for sharing um, insights into your career and into how things work at Demicon. I think that's um, interesting for others who think about transitioning uh, or make a transition in their career. Um, yeah. But I think it's now time that we dive into um, the topic that everyone is so interested in, and especially me, because I don't know nothing about <laughs> the topic yet. So I'm really happy to have you here. So we are talking about ECS Anywhere. And um, the first question I have, so what was the challenge you faced in the project that um, that you ended up with using ECS, for, ECS Anywhere for? So what was the situation like? Yeah. So uh, the situation is um, our customer had um, a GPU machines or nodes. Uh, they were on their um, on-premises and uh, they were already using uh, ECS cluster, but at the same time, they wanted to use their um, the resources and the machines that they were not being in use. ECS Anywhere is uh, just an extension of ECS to uh, basically to orchestrate uh, containers on-premises. Um, and um, that was um, a good approach. A good approach for our uh, solution. So we had to set up a cluster where we can use um, ECS anywhere uh, on premises and also in the cloud because you have the possibility to use it fully on uh, on premises. Also, you can use a hybrid model where you can use uh, the containers uh, on prem and then you can uh, burst into the cloud instances. So mm. that was a perfect. Uh, yeah, that was a perfect combination. Okay, okay. So the workload was already running on ECS, but then um, your client realized they have resources on-prem that they already mm -hmm. paid for. So the, the machines were already there and they wanted to use them. And uh, this was why they were thinking about that uh, hybrid exactly. solution. And can you sh share just a very brief overview, but what was the workload about that we are uh, talking here? So what, what is running in this cluster? Yeah, so it's a classic case of batch processing where uh, uh, where uh, there is an API, there is an API, and then uh, the API is uh, writing jobs to an EFS uh, uh, file system, Elastic file system on AWS, and then uh, the cluster needs to access the EFS and then uh, yeah, uh, retrieve the jobs that needs to be processed. There is a scheduler in between a lambda function. And mm -hmm. then basically they, it will just place the, uh, the task on containers, either on-prem or on the cloud. We can okay. talk more about it on how. Yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but so the, over, the overall picture is you have a, a more relatively small API layer and then the, the big part, the, the compute heavy part is basically the batch processing yeah. that happens in the cluster. And ECS is responsible for uh, spinning up those containers those tasks and orchestration basically orchestrate the whole thing yeah mm -hmm. exactly okay i'm personally a very big fan of ecs but but i also know that especially on prem mm -hmm. uh, kubernetes is a very um yeah very widespread solution to similar issues so um did you can you share some insights into the thought process why you ended up with ecs anywhere not just run, I don't know, Kubernetes on-prem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, EKS Anywhere is also available. But as we, um, I, I mean, we know that uh, EKS is a little bit um, complicated and it's also required for big use cases. Our use case wasn't that, didn't require uh, a huge uh, cluster. And also reason 
we we were already using ECS cluster, so it was just convenient to uh, transition to use it. The same cluster, just with uh, more uh, capabilities to support external instances. So that's that's why. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, a very um, seems like a very simple solution. You can just extend it to on-prem. Yeah. So um, so you mentioned um, that you can basically combine Fargate EC2 and on-prem in one cluster and then just spin up your containers on one of those. So how do you do how do you make or how do you configure basically where the containers are running or is that something the cluster um, takes care of uh, automatically mm -hmm. or how does that work? Mm -hmm. So the good thing about ECS anywhere is uh, it's not limited like you can you can have a cluster where everything all types of instances are running and uh, coexisting together. It's just about the configuration of your task definition. You have to provide the required capabilities. You can provide EC2 or external, which is um, our case, uh, the mm -hmm. on-prem instances mm -hmm. of iGate. So okay. basically it is in the in the task definition is where you configure, is this yeah. task capable to run on, I don't know, Fargate or on-prem and something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, when it comes to um, what do you want exactly, you have to, you need to have a scheduler in place to say, okay, I want this job to go on-prem, I want this job to, and obviously, you know that uh, task definitions, they also have uh, the feature of task placement and also um, mm -hmm. a placement constraint. And with placement constraint, you can have attributes to just say, okay, I want, um, I want to run on ec2.external or I mm -hmm. want, you can also set up your custom uh, your custom attributes to also use a specific machines like specific machine with a specific GP, GPU capability, which is I think it's very um, it is very useful. Okay, um, so you can really yeah. configure and verify in a fine granular way where a container um, should be launched and stuff. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. And um, so the next thing in my mind, so whenever I run containers in a cluster, yeah, I'm having a hard time with monitoring and logging. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so how does that work with ECS anywhere? Is there a way to monitor and log or basically mm -hmm. get the log messages from those containers as well? Yeah, yeah, um, um, you can do that. So the thing about ECS anywhere that uh, might uh, put people a little bit um, on hold and they're like, we don't want to use it because it doesn't support many things, but uh, it supports basically everything from, uh, it's just an extension of ECS. And mm -hmm. obviously you can configure your AWS log driver or also uh, not an AWS, any log driver that you that you want. And uh, you need to have your log group in place. And it is important to have logs, otherwise you wouldn't have no idea yeah. on what's, what's going on on-prem. <laughs> okay, so that means I can configure it in a way that the logs end up in a CloudWatch log group, like I do with Fargate. Exactly. Just the task role need to allow uh, having the basically the IAM role need to mm -hmm. have logs uh, permission, but it is possible. <laughs> okay, so so it even gets better. I not only can use the AWS logs driver, I can also use IAM roles for my tasks. Of course, yeah. Okay. I mean, because the instance uh, that is registered, it's considered as a managed instance by the mm -hmm. AWS system manager. Mm -hmm. And once it's registered, it's um, basically attached to an IAM role. And mm -hmm. this role um, enables the instance to communicate with AWS services. Ah, so I can use my task role and attach the containers and IAM role like I do with um, yeah, EC2 or, exactly. or Fargate. That, that's really two important aspects of ECS anywhere, at least from what I understand, because mm -hmm. I have logs, I have my IAM role. So you, but you mentioned that a few things are not supported with ECS anywhere. So what are the, yeah. the missing parts that you need to be aware of? Yeah, so uh, some services are not supported. Um, 
like a load balancer. You can't have load balancer mm. and also access to elastic file system. Um, and, um, as well, capacity provider. You can't have a capacity provider on-prem. Uh, but this is just not, not categorically. No, you cannot. You can uh, use the services, but you need to uh, set up basically um, AWS VPN or you need to have a VPN uh, connection. Okay, so that means um, I cannot register those tasks at an ALB automatically, but I could maybe work around that by setting up a VPN or direct connect and then forwarding to those IP addresses or something. And... That's probably the same with EFS. So there's not that native integration into ECS, but I can still access EFS over, for example, the VPN connection. This is what I mentioned at the beginning, our use case uh, involved in EFS, and we had to go through uh, setting up a VPN, a site-to-site -site VPN connection. And EFS will be just considered as a network file system that you can mount. Once the VPN is already there, you just need to configure your security group to allow uh, access from your um, private local network. And then you can just have it as a, a volume to your container instance. Okay, so basically um, the, that means that as it doesn't support load balancing, uh, that's not a big issue in, in your scenario, I imagine, because you mentioned that the most, um, yeah, the, the critical part of the workload is basically batch processing, which does not require any incoming uh, requests. And do you then run the API layer? Do you run that on Fargate or EC2 for for being able to register the load balancer? How does that work? Yeah, the API is running fully on the cloud. You know, it's okay. uh, on an uh, it's on an EC2 instance and it's running behind a load balancer, but uh, it's it's completely uh, independent from the uh, execution of task on the container instances. It's very decoupled. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that means it is as anywhere is a perfect fit for, for any kind of batch processing where you just um, schedule a task in the cluster and orchestrate them. So when I want to start using ECS right now, so somehow I need to configure my on-prem machine. So can you share some learnings about how do you basically um, get your on-prem machine into the cluster? So what's needed? What other requirements? Yeah, so it's it's very straightforward, to be honest. Um, I, you need... Uh, you need to have the SSM agent because, um, as I said, the instances need to be considered as managed instances of AWS. And for that, uh, AWS system manager need to communicate with the SSM agent, uh, send request for registering the, uh, the node. Um, it doesn't have to be a node. It can be also be a virtual machine because ECS can run on bare metal or can run on also virtual machines. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need, you need to have the, uh, to install the script of ECS anywhere, which will have the ECS agent and the SSM agent. Uh, so we mentioned that SSM agent with AWS system manager will ensure having this IAM credentials that they will be attached to, to our instance, uh, to also secure the connection between the ECS agent and the control plane. Uh, ECS control plane on the cloud. Uh, so these are the components basically that you need to have uh, to configure. You need the SSM agent, ECS agent, there's a script for installing. While registering the instance, you need um, a hybrid activation key and um, you can generate the key from the AWS um, console or you can also generate it through the command line. Um, the, the activation key will enable the uh, instance to be registered and also will enable the SSM agent to connect to communicate with the um, AWS system manager. Once the instance is registered, you can see it 
You can already see it in the cluster. It will have a prefix of MI as managed instance uh, on, on, on the cloud. And once it's registered, there is an IAM role that's uh, attached to the instance that will enable it to communicate with AWS services. Um, so you will always need, you will need a cloud connectivity between the ECS agent and the ECS control plane. Otherwise, uh, you cannot send back the health check of the container or the insight of what's going on. So, so you need, you need, you need connectivity between, you need stable connection between, um, between the ECS control plane and the ECS agent. Uh, and the ECS agent will be running on a separate Docker container. So you can always check the log, see if your IAM credentials are still valid. So I hope okay, I so covered everything. <laughs> yeah, so basically I need my operating system and then there's a package from AWS that I install, including mm -hmm. the ECS agent and the SSM agent. Mm -hmm. And this, this, the ECS agent is just a Docker container. So I, yeah. I assume I need to install Docker as well. Um, and then um, yeah, I'm good to you, go. Exactly, yeah. Cool. Uh, so you, you need uh, a layer, like the lowest layer, which is SSM agent. And then the second layer, you need ECS agent and Docker. Mm -hmm. And then the third layer, obviously, your container instances. Okay, so that sounds cool. So basically, the, the tasks are running in, on ECS and they're running mm -hmm. partly in the cloud, partly on-prem. And my, my next question is, so how do you make sure that a task um, is um, scheduled on the on the right instances. So mm -hmm. how is that implemented? Yeah, so we have um, a Lambda scheduler and then the Lambda scheduler receive uh, event from an SQS. And then from the event, we can check the, um, we have a way on checking if this job, basically from the message, if this job should go on-prem or should go on an EC2 instance on the cloud. And uh, because we have some jobs that they are critical and then they need to be running on GPUs, these jobs, they are prioritized to run on uh, on the on-prem instances, right? And yeah, for that, you have also to uh, customize the task definition to have support of GPUs. And also you have to have ECS anywhere with, uh, in, with GPU enabled. Otherwise your container instance won't be able to run on the GPUs. Ah, okay. So if my container needs access to the GPU, I need to configure that, um, as with a special configuration on the machine itself. Is it then the agent that needs that configuration or how do I? Yeah. This is actually very important because mm -hmm. many people, I, I personally missed it at the beginning. It's, it is, it happens at the installation time. So when you install ECS anywhere, there is a flag that needs to be, uh, needs to be true. It's, uh, enabled GPU needs to, to be true. Otherwise, um, yeah, otherwise your GPUs, they won't be exposed to the container instance. There is an, um, there is also another configuration that happens on the ECS agent level. Uh, on the machine, you need to have this uh, configuration of environment variable of having um, NVIDIA GPUs uh, also visible and also to have the, yeah, enable ECS GPU, it, it the flag should be true. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you cannot do that. And one more thing is, at, so this is on the uh, ECS Anywhere level during installation and also on the task definition level, you need to have a property on the container definition of resource requirements. That's okay. You say, okay, this task definition will use GPU number one or two, or I don't know. It depends on your use case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, so then basically, um, the, both the, the container knows that it needs, uh, the GPU and also, uh, ECS knows that this instance 
has a TPU available and the agent is capable to basically forward um, yeah. communication to the yeah. TPU. Okay. Yeah. Basically, with that project and with um, um, building the solution by using ECS anywhere, so is is um, did you encounter um, any unexpected issues or was using ECS anywhere more or less flawless for you? Uh, obviously, there are always issues. <laughs> um, so there are things that you just learn in the process of um, you know adjusting the task I am uh, I am role or. For example, the activation key, uh, you have to be careful with the expiration time because the default, I think, is just one day. So if you need your registered instance to be running for longer than uh, a certain period, you have to, to adjust that. Otherwise, it would just disappear from the from the console from from the ECS cluster and you wouldn't even know why, why it's not why it's not there the configuration of logs is important it's the only way to know uh, what's happening with your task because tasks sometimes they are just stopped and you wouldn't know um, why so um, it is important um, something uh, something uh, else is the is the operating um, the support of operating systems of ECS um, anywhere, you have to check the uh, requ requirement of um, ECS anywhere. For, exa for example, in our case, we were using um, we were using distribution of Ubuntu of 22, and it was not support. And we realized that <laughs> after we finished the installation, that only Ubuntu 20 is supported. So yeah. always check the uh, always check the requirement before uh, before diving in. To that, that that sounds like a really really interesting um, solution. Um, I've I've never used it anywhere, but <laughs> uh, it sounds like a very uh, interesting approach for splitting your workload between the cloud and on prem. And yeah. um, it, as you have to basically you have the same interface, so ECS is basically the way you configure everything, and then you can just decide where to run it. So that seems to be a really simple, but yeah. but still very powerful solution. Yeah, um, it's it's also. It's also a valid use case for for running everything on on prem, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, there are use cases where you need data to be close to the where the application is processed. For example, people who are running on edge devices, mm -hmm. um, and then okay. you can't, you, yeah, you can't afford having uh, a high latency because you need a quick response mm -hmm. or, uh, yeah, you need a high bandwidth or whatever. <laughs> so. Um, mm -hmm. For these use cases, they go completely by using ECS cluster and using only external instances. They they don't run their instances on the cloud at all. So this is also um, this is also valid for ECS anywhere. But basically, the only the only downside that we have really when we think about use cases is the networking limitation. So we don't have that tight integration with the load balancer and stuff like that, which is for for many use cases important. But yeah, I yeah. Think that other than that, and also you can't use the AWS VPC network, mm -hmm. uh, obviously. Course, um, yeah. yeah, so you can use only your host network or the bridge mode if you want to have a virtual layer on your containers. So yeah. this is also should be taken into consideration when you write your task definition that AWS VPC is not supported. Okay, and um, so one one more question about so how did you? bring that into action? So did you use infrastructure as code or any tool or how did you basically deploy all of that? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so obviously at Demicon, we are a huge fans of infrastructure as code. Everything is, uh, we support two frameworks, CDK and Terraform, and then it just depends on, on our customer. Mm -hmm. So all the, um, all the implementation was done with Terraform. And obviously, uh, because ECS Anywhere is also compatible with uh, external third parties uh, services. So you can write your, uh, for example, the generation of the activation key that I mentioned earlier. You can do it with Terraform. Also write in the SSM agent role and uh, okay. all what's related to the task definition. Everything we did with uh, through Terraform. So, so that means you're even the on-prem instances are managed with Terraform? Yeah, the, the generation, I mean, the generation of the key Okay. Um, ah, okay. So, so, um, and also the role. That's mm -hmm. we. That's something that you can write in code, right? Ah. Um, so this is something we did through Terraform, and um, the activation key and the activation code. You can always save it on the SSM parameter or on AWS Secret Manager. I know. Ah, um, okay. So and then it's very very convenient to get that to basically to retrieve them exactly. The, the yeah, and then mm -hmm. automate the whole process of the key uh, used when you register the instance. So thank you a lot, uh, Samia, for sharing your insights into ECS Anywhere and how you um, get that to work and to success at your uh, uh, client project. So uh, I think we should mention one more more time that Demicron um, is growing the cloud division that you are part of and is therefore hiring, um, for example, a senior lead cloud solution architect AWS. So if you want to join uh, the team of Samia, um, to build uh, solutions on AWS with infrastructures, code, continuous deployment, automation, containers, and so on, um, then you should definitely check out uh, the show notes or the video descriptions for details and apply today. Thank you very, very much, Samia, uh, for um, coming to the show and sharing your knowledge, your insights. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and I learned a lot uh, about ECS Anywhere. Uh, thanks, Andreas. I'm very happy to be here and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my experience and join Demicon. We have very exciting projects. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you should do that. Thank you very yeah. much. Thanks Thank for you. listening, all of you. Bye. Bye.